0: This week on Nishgalorian Life, the party comes to realize their new powers.
1: Oh boy, level three.
0: But the conversation quickly turns to Shock. What the hell happened?
2: I don't really know.
0: Shock tries to catch up with the party.
2: I have to ask, why did you ever trust Edrin?
0: But the attention soon changes to the trials ahead. I'm a fucking ranger, I know which way is north they fight strange creatures born of the darkness the only person that gets to give crabs to Truxton is me it'll take more than a heroic attitude to get them
3: out alive help the gnome this one I'm saving can't swim
0: will our heroes discover what it takes to be expert spelunkers Mm. listen to find out Welcome back, everybody. It's your fifth favorite DM from this very podcast, Derek, once again. Usually we use this time to give you information about the show or ask you to share or like it on our various media platforms. But this time around, I kind of want to talk about just the nature of the tabletop role-playing game. I think for us tabletops are a form of collective storytelling. There are definitely game elements involved, like a video game, but there are certain benefits that tabletops have over video games that you can work together to tell the story instead of having one pre-set in front of you. Now, the GM is going to have some sort of idea of the story before he starts, especially if he's running a pre-written adventure like an Adventure Path. However, things in the story are always bound to change because of player decisions or improvisation by the GM. Now, in this episode, and hopefully several in the future, I want to get more heavily involved in our characters' backstories. Some of that can happen organically, and some of that will happen in maybe a different way that you'll see near the end of this episode. But I wanted to take some time to talk about how to properly build the story and build a character's backstories. What I've seen as a GM, there's two main types of players. Those who favor the mechanics and the rules of the game, and those who favor the role-playing aspects of the game. Now, neither one is wrong. If you're GMing or building a character, you have to know which kind of player you are, or which kind of players are at your table. When you're building a story or a character, it's important to know this information. But it's also important to remember to build a story. Now, if you're somebody who favors mechanics over the roleplay aspects, this might seem like it would be more difficult. Just in terms of character creation, remember that your choices probably had some kind of consequences from your past. So if you're taking a feat like Power Attack, then you probably have some sort of reason to want to be a good fighter. Certain feats have prerequisites. For example, the Dervish Dancer feat. That requires you to take two ranks and perform dance in order to get benefits with Scimitars. Now, instead of just taking those two ranks and dance, maybe you can integrate it into your character's backstory. Maybe... In your childhood, one of your parents was a dancer and they taught you a little bit. Maybe you are an actual dancer. Maybe you're involved in a religion that has elements of dance to it. It could be literally anything, but adding just a little bit of character flavor based on your decisions you make when building your character opens up a lot of plot opportunities for you and the GM. Plus, you never know when the opportunity to dance might be important in the game. On the other hand, if you're somebody who likes to roleplay rather than focusing on the rules, figure out who you want your character to be and talk to the GM to figure out feats and abilities that would be good that work along with the type of character you want to be. The rules are there to help you roleplay and tell a story. So figure out what you want to be and utilize those rules to make it work. I prefer a balanced approach in terms of character building, but don't let that stop you. You do you in your own games. In fact, they are for you. So with all that being said, please remember to share us with your friends or just like us on Facebook or Twitter. Word of mouth is the only way that the show is ever going to grow, so if you're liking it, please let other people know. So I'm not going to hold you much longer. I hope any of that helped. I hope it kind of explains our theory of gaming. So I'll let you get right into Episode 9, Trog Cave Afternoon. Comes a time in every adventuring party story where something perhaps unexpected happens, and I think maybe that's how we ended last episode. The fact that you guys have all made it to level three is something that I never expected when starting this podcast, because you all, except for Jock, maybe couldn't hit anything. So congratulations for beating my expectations.
3: Thank you, Derek. I didn't think we'd hit level oh, 3, because cool. I did not think yeah. we'd be doing this many episodes. Yeah, that's actually the real miracle. It's an ongoing miracle, dude. Did anybody get
0: anything interesting from their level 3 advancement? Nope, not one thing.
2: I think I got something kind of interesting. So, one of the big problems with Paladins uh, is that they're not very good at saves until level 8. That's level 2. I cut that out. Never mind, hold that. I'm actually know.
4: All right, Well, Gavin. well, Gavin's shutting up. I'll talk. So... What happened was, is now I'm good at combat. And that is because our generous DM uh, gave me the most badass sword in the entire game. Derek, take it from here. Explain.
0: It's a plus 37 Holy Avenger. It instantly kills on a hit.
4: Always hits. Thank you. So. And the reason for me getting this is that I'm very handsome.
1: Yes. The most handsome gnome in all the land. He had to do profane
3: things to Derek Scucci. Profane. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, Jacques at level three. You see, Jacques is a bit of a lover. Um, he likes loving people. And at third level, I get divine health, which makes a paladin immune to all diseases, including supernatural, magical, sexual trans- or sexually transmitted diseases, including <clears throat> mummy rot.
3: Oh, well, that's good, actually. That's, that's a touch attack. Exactly.
0: Jacques solved the AIDS crisis before it even started.
3: Thank you, Jacques.
0: Since you technically weren't around for level two, you can talk about whatever paladins get at level two, too, since we're probably going to see those in future episodes.
2: At level two, I got uh, Divine Grace, which is pretty great. Let's me get my charisma to all my saves, because I'm terrible at reflex saves with my tin dexterity. I'm I also paladin. get Lay on Hands, which yeah. makes me
1: give hella hand jobs. Did
3: yeah, we ever go any crap skeleton. I've What of the Ranger?
1: Oh boy, level three. So I finally have a Favored Terrain. Which uh, it's kind of a hated feature, but I think it's it's very flavorful. Gives me plus two to doing a lot of things in the woods, because that's where I'm from, the woods. Um, oh, Duh Woods, huh? Yeah, I'm from the woods. Other than that, um, not much. I got endurance for free for being a ranger, and then I picked up uh, what is the name of this feed again? Da, da, da Deadly aim. I have ranged power attack basically. So uh, I hit a little harder, um, and I can do more stuff in the woods. I'm more ranger than I was before. Thank God we're about
0: to enter a cave. As far as Sam Eames's character, Truxton, we kind of worked on it together. And the oh, gist yeah. of it is that he took a level in Swashbuckler to increase his combat prowess. So now he has the weapon finesse feat as well as the fencing grace feat, which lets him use his dexterity modifier to attack and damage. So he should be better at hitting things. So yeah, that was fun.
4: What? Does anybody offhand know like did I just increase my chances of hitting by like fifty percent? I think I probably did.
0: Yeah. You did.
2: Well if... probably from the guy who took stats.
4: You said it's I a, did? It's,
2: no, it's it's like a lot better than that. Depending on how you look at it, it's like could be like three hundred percent. Or it could be like
0: 60%. Yeah. You're, mu- you're much better. Sweet.
1: So a lot of stuff
2: happened with Sirics. Um Mainly, I realized I had a couple feats and traits that I didn't know about and wasn't using. But as for level three, I did get improved faint, which means that I will be able to use fluff check or something like that um, to hit better. What does feint do? You surprise people and you get to hit their flat-footed AC.
3: Kevin,
1: how do you not
4: nice. know
3: what Saint does, idiot? Gorgug's at a really weird time in his life where uh, he's kind of realizing he might be fighting for a long time now. But he's also realizing that his old age is catching up to him and he's not as proficient as he once was. Uh would say nothing of the still healing wound across his body. So he's moving more towards the battlefield controller role. However, as an orc and as a prideful man, he will never let himself be squishy in combat. So he is dropping the much more personal killing utensil of the short sword, and moving towards the long sword, which uh, mechanically, by the way, sidebar, never ever ever use a short sword uh, if you can use a long sword. There's literally no reason to do that at all. Well, like One-handed versus two. Or something? You, you literally just lose two damage dice. Well, that, that's it. That, that's, that's, all note, that's, that's all. That's all.
2: To 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 tell you you're wrong, short sword you can use weapon
3: finesse. Who gives a shit? Gavin? Yeah, but that's worthless for a fighter.
2: Well, also. Okay. Not, you
3: not think, you think you think you think my my big old boy is built for decks, Gavin?
2: No, not at all. Yeah, but if you ain't done, a big old boy, you, you get short hand. sword.
3: I could do a falcon, but uh, I'm not gonna lose my shield. You uh, get anyway.
2: the
3: oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for a double strike build and two weapon rend. It's gonna be really good. Mm-hmm. So is moving towards that. Uh, the moment he finds a longsword, he's going to pick it up and get back to business. And then a personal note, I believe this podcast will open up a 45 minutes of wondering where the hell Jack was and how it all came to this.
0: I was looking back at the loot sheet, and when you guys fought that undead white in his house, he had a Masterwork longsword?
3: That's good to know, and Gorgug probably does know that in the back of his head, but that weapon was left at camp, and I refused to break the lore of this campaign to have that appear in my hand.
2: No, no, the, 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 Greg was using
3: it. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, you were well known for your melee combat prowess, Greg please, take us away.
0: <clears throat> You're all standing around the entrance to the Troglodyte Cave. Edrin's dead. I don't know how all you feel about the recent change in events. You met a man. He seemed helpful for a while, and then he betrayed you. But now, you have an old friend back.
2: Hey, uh, yeah. Gorgug, your batch didn't do shit.
4: Hey, Jack, what do you, I, you know, listen, he was a bad guy, but, like, what do you feel about just keeping that accent? Because I fucking hate your, like, weird half-French thing you got going on.
3: <laughs> Could
0: you be a French cowboy?
2: Isn't that, I'm like, not... a, isn't that just a Canadian? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Google walked forward to, will walk towards Jacques, give him a good healing spell, and ask him, what the hell happened?
2: I'll be honest with you. I don't really know.
3: Huh, <laughs> good. Well then, <laughs> I believe we have a cave of troglodytes to kill. Oh, and also, Gorgug will scan the surrounding environment for what kind of weapons the enemies are using.
2: I studied the target.
0: <laughs>
2: How have you been, textin'?
4: Uh, You know, been better. Been worse, but...
0: So the dead troglodyte in front of you has a wooden club? Isn't other... a troglodyte a slur? N- not if it's an actual <laughs> troglodyte.
2: <laughs> Whoa. Hold on. <laughs> oh God!
0: It's it's just a it's a Roman word for dumbass.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's awful, Derek. How dare you?
0: I'm sorry
4: oh, about. Damn, Gavin! <laughs> How dare you? I'm sorry. <laughs> bring Edrin. I'm going with Edrin <laughs> Edrin's
0: dead. Yeah, so, uh, you got to die, bitch. <laughs> Truxton takes his brand new rapier and stabs it through his stomach. He <laughs> can actually. <clears throat> <get> it <laughs> So the Traglodites use a combination of a club and natural attacks. Um, they have long, sharp fingers, uh, claws, and teeth that look like they can make bite attacks, uh, along with javelins.
3: He looks around at these four weapons and looks to the ranger. Mr. Tuller, I believe it trades in order. Excuse you? We all know you're better with a bow than you can ever be with a blade, and to be quite frank, I can't think of a time I've seen you draw that sword. I'll trade you for one of mine.
1: One stolen glance in the dead of midnight for a long longsword. I uh, take the sword and scabbard off, and I throw it to my half-orc companion. Don't really see what the point of such a big,
3: dumb piece of metal is. If you give me the chance, I'll show you. And I pull out the sword, hold it above my head, and see it glimmer with my arcane energy. It's like being ten years younger.
1: Right, well, we've got a cave full of monsters to slay. I take out an arrow and put it on my bowstring. Let's go. Truxton,
0: in what feels like a split second, you feel additional weight on your back. feels like two or three more pounds that weren't there just literally a second ago. You're working on my traps. Nice. If you examine your equipment, you see that bag that the fox gentleman gave you back in the shed in Fandor. It it seems heavier than it was before. Okay,
4: I'll take a peek.
0: There is, if you reach in, even though the bag is about the size of a dime bag, (laughs) that's flavor for a drug user. You reach in and you pull out a small-sized rapier. If you examine it further, you see some runes on it. You recognize it as a gnome, as some ancient form of gnomish. There are two phrases on the hilt. The first is The Dealer's Blade, and the second is Gregor Pendleton.
2: It's his grandfather.
0: Obviously, you're a Pendleton, but you don't really recognize the name offhand. But if you jam in the weapon, it is a Masterwork Cold Iron Rapier. If you guys want to complain about me giving Truxton a sword, keep in mind that I gave each one of you a magical item from the Foxfella, except okay. for you, Jacques, which it's, it's coming.
1: Wait, you talking about that fucking compass I got? That <clears> fucking <throat> compass that's just basically smelled vaguely of wolf asshole. <laughs> don't worry. Go First deep. of
3: all, don't be racist. It's a fox ass.
2: Yeah, but my locket just has like memories or some shit.
3: I didn't get shit. Y'all fuck up. I'm an orc. Don't need. Cold iron. Yes.
2: Does that kill the fate?
3: Cold iron don't do shit. Don't worry about
0: it. Yeah, cold iron can is overcomes, uh, Faye D.R. So, Eames now has a weapon that can actually do damage. Do you all want to enter the cave, or is there something else you'd rather do?
2: Well, there definitely is.
3: What's that, boy?
2: Not going to that cave. I just spent the last three weeks in there.
1: Speaking of which, can you give us any intel?
2: Troglodytes. Many of them. And there are the leader? Ugh. The smelliest of them all.
0: She actually takes regular baths. It's a disease.
3: Well, uh, in return for that knowledge, I offer you the gift of vengeance.
2: I have to ask, why did you ever trust Edrin?
3: Huh. I don't trust any of you, to be perfectly frank, but he was handy with a weapon, and as far as I'm concerned, that made him at least partially useful.
2: I you have a, a
0: very charming voice.
1: I have a personal policy that any person, any man that has his hair in a bun is trustworthy. It's never worked out for me before, but I keep going with it. I'm gonna have to go with Grogoog on this one. We uh we were very short on people who could handle themselves in combat. Our options were very limited, so we had to take what we could get. I think Jacques
3: only told Grogoog
0: that he was leaving.
2: Grogoog made it seem like it was a touchy subject that we shouldn't discuss. <laughs>
3: I'll have the effect on people. It's a gift. And then, to make Jock feel better, I will cast Hideous Laughter on him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it, but I'll
3: lay on hands. Nice. Nice. Fuck it, I'll Thank eat you. another.
1: Oh,
0: Man, I cannot wait until Sarah reaches level 69.
2: <laughs> That's the sex number.
0: <laughs> so the tunnel approaching the next room is rather tight, but go ahead and place yourselves on the map. Yeah, just... lets
2: me lead and those this tunnel as well.
3: How dark is this tunnel, do you Come on.
2: I have low light vision.
3: Well, yeah, but the human doesn't.
1: Yeah, we humans do not have low light vision. It, it's low light until...
0: It's okay, I'll hold your hand, Greg. It's low light until I tell you I need that now. to shoot my bow. So as you enter the next chamber... You see a cylindrical mass of roots that hangs from the exact center of the room. The roots have been braided together to form a cradle holding a giant violet crystal as big as a human head. Sparkling veins of the crystal line the walls. And you notice in the middle of the room, patrolling the center, two troglodyte guards.
3: Everybody roll initiative. I fucking got an eight! Hey, baby.
2: I got a five.
3: All right, let's tear them up, boys. We got a. Uh,
2: Update your initiative.
3: We got bony boys. So, Jacques has a 22. Okay, so
0: it is Jacques' turn. There are two troglodytes. Both of them have their clubs drawn. I walk up to this dude, and using my furious focus,
2: I take a swipe at him with my glaive out of anger.
0: Nice.
2: I rolled an 18. That hits. I do 10 damage.
0: He is still up, but very, very injured. That is all. Um, That puts it at Truxton Pendleton's turn.
4: All right, I'm going to test out this new legendary badass sword. Go ahead and attack. All right, so now my attack is my dex, right? It so is 1d20 plus 8. Okay. That's a lot better than 1d20 minus 2. It is. 18.
0: That hits...
4: Oh, oh, that would that'd have been an 8 on my old class. Seven. Okay, so for damage, what am I rolling for damage?
0: It should be 1d4 plus 3. Uh, 7. And Truxton kills the first Troglodyte.
3: Woo! We out here, boys. Good shot. What the hell was this gnome <laughs> last week? Puts it at
0: Troglodyte's turn. He'll move up to the fella who just killed his buddy and make him attack with his club. It's a nine hit. Um, no. It's not. Well, this poor little baby trocodyte, he he got very scared that you attacked his buddy and did and killed him straight to death, so he got scared and missed, which means it is Greg's turn.
1: Right. I'm going to take a five-foot step up, and I'm going to shoot two arrows. Quick math to make sure I'm doing this right. Quick maths. Are you always going
0: to do deadly aim, or do you just want to tell me when you're going to put it on.
1: I will tell you when I'm doing it. Okay. It's just a minus one. I mean, Rapid Shot is already, like, a minus two, so... Oh my goodness gracious, those were (laughs) terrible rolls. I rolled a four plus five for nine, and a five plus five for ten. Throwing arrows
0: everywhere. Unfortunately, neither one hits, but you hit the back wall, and it breaks a tiny bit of crystal off the wall. So that was not successful, but you know, there's crystal. Ceres' <laughs> turn!
2: Okay.
1: Um, So I'm gonna take a, a five-foot step forward. And then I'm gonna faint!
0: Uh, roll a bluff check. As a move action.
1: I
2: rolled a 16. As a move action?
0: Yeah, improve faint lets you faint as a move action. Cool. You faint him. He, uh, you go towards his left, so he moves his body to defend towards his left, and then you hit him on the right side. So go ahead and make that
3: attack roll.
1: It is also a 16.
3: That hits.
1: 17 damage.
3: It's like the cowboy never left. So you did...
2: <laughs> can Sirax have a cowboy accent?
0: You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, cool. troglodyte number two the whip hits it right in the fucking eye and it dies straight to death in one hit. So
1: what you're saying is that Trexton and I are, are now truly the leaders of this
2: party.
4: Yep. You're the best at murdering. Like I have been
2: killing hurt. dozens of people over the last three weeks. But good yeah, job. Well,
4: none of us saw that, so... Yeah, yeah mostly
0: shorts, Mostly bears, though.
2: Well, that whip action was amazing.
0: Props to you. So if you want it, each troglodyte has a club, three and three javelins on it. But in this room, there's that giant gem on the ceiling. Um, anybody who examines it further realizes it is a flawed amheist worth six hundred and fifty gold pieces.
3: Yeah, I put it in my pocket. No, we oui.
0: fine. <laughs> Whoever can, give me a retroactive sense motive check. This
2: is the one I can't do.
1: I'm doing it. Or gets an eight. <laughs>
2: I got a 23.
1: Heck, I am really terrible. That's 2 plus okay. 9, 11. So when
0: when you all entered the room, Cyrix noticed that the Troglodytes were strangely um, interested in the Amheist gem, uh, as if they thought it was magic or almost like they were worshipping it. You think if you take it and, like, reveal that you've taken it to them, it could, like, the Troglodytes would basically, like, want to protect it so they'd attack the person who has it.
2: Okay. okay. I take the gem down and I I say, we'll use this for later. And I don't explain why. Gross. I say we go
0: left. Does anybody have knowledge local?
4: Um, I do, I think. Yes, I do. Go ahead and roll that. Okay. Uh, It's a 25 already. Do you want to add the 1, d 6, or is that plenty?
0: Okay, you're good. Troglodytes are chaotic evil, (laughs) but they're not widely known for their decks. Um, So, Cyrix, when Truxton tells you this, uh, you realize that the normal run-of-the-mill Troglodytes have the same flat-footed AC as they do their normal AC, and I'll let you know based on that. When when you're not fighting over under the mill, troglodyte. Okay. Uh, if you were to have sneak attack or something like that, it would make a difference, but you don't. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. On the walls of this room, other than the amherst you just took, uh, there's crystals like built into the wall. You think if you took time, like days, to mine it. You could get a, h- a couple hundred gold pieces of crystals out of the walls.
2: I care not about the money.
0: Um, as you keep going, there is a passage to the north and a passage to the east.
2: Where were they keeping you, Jacques?
0: I think this way. This cage would have been right here. He never—they never took him too far in.
2: I know these caves very well. <laughs> <laughs> North or east? I said north, unless anyone wants to go east. I'm just making a decision.
3: North, we go. What is north? Roll survival. You know. Roll
1: compass check.
0: See, Greg, you
1: got a thing that helped. You got. Does a... it though? Does it? That... <laughs> you got a compass. I'm a fucking ranger. I know which way is north. I don't need a fucking compass. Nah, man. That. Ain't but what
2: you... if you're down in the What if you're down in a cave? You don't have <clears throat> I knowledge of engineering. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I saw something. Something yeah. in the water. So as you enter the room, you see a dark, rippling pool that covers most of the sloping cavern. Water drips from the stalactites above and tumbles from fissures in the rock wall. An underwater garden of colorful algae. Real quick. And Got white you. fish fills the pool.
2: Truxton told me this. Stalactite hangs tight on the ceiling. Remember that. Why would Truxton teach you
0: He was really- That's crazy. where the best weed comes from.
2: <laughs> when the gnome is high, the weirdest things come out of his mouth. Better than I, they come in my mouth.
0: Ayo, same!
1: We are in a combat scenario. Please keep it together.
2: I'm trying, dude. This is my way of coping.
1: Keep the banner to a minimum. Save it okay. for later.
3: Don't I'll we understand. want to War, deal War. with
2: the water? Or do we want to bypass it?
3: How deep does it appear?
2: I can poke it with my glaive if you'd like.
3: Do it.
0: And I start poking at the water. As you poke at the water... Uh oh, give me a second. Sorry.
2: You are forgiven.
0: I <laughs> believe A string of filament burst from the water straight towards you, John. Ah! Does a 17 hit your touch ac it does the filament attaches to jock and does a 24 bypass your cmd
2: absolutely
0: jock begins to be pulled towards the water move yourself five feet towards and a creature erupts from underneath the water surface and the second one
2: it looks like, like i'm getting you. crab legs tonight
0: uh, jock is subject to the pole combat maneuver Gavin, look out! You're being pulled,
1: boy! Gavin, oh, no. oh. oh yeah, it's a thing.
0: It is a monster special ability. I know pool okay. from my days with summon monster.
3: I guess we're rolling initiative. There. Roll initiative.
2: Okay. Or maybe you should get a improved initiative.
3: Absolutely not. I, the I got a 12. Jacques right.
2: got
3: an
0: 18. 17. So I'm just gonna, real quick, blow these things up. So this is what these things look like.
3: Aww. They're so cute. Team mascot. Oh, man. No.
2: I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name one pincer.
3: Well, oh, boys, looks like I'm taking the familiar feat. Um, it would be Jacques'
0: turn.
2: Jacques is gonna take a five foot step back and say, "I'll cook you better than Red Lobster."
0: They don't know what that is, but they're very startled.
2: Jacques kind of trips because he's fumbling forward because of the damn tentacles pulling him, rolling an eleven.
0: An eleven misses. Ah the
4: Okay.
2: Help me, no, no friend.
4: So, should I be using the crossbow here, or like, should I try to get up in it?
0: Nah, stab uh,
4: I'm gonna try to cut Gavin free.
0: Okay. That's the thing you can do.
4: Yeah. I mean, Jock. I'm gonna cut Jock free.
0: Either way.
4: Um. So is is Jock by the creature currently, or is he entangled far away? Five
0: feet away. So you can attack oh. it from. You can attack it from where you are.
4: Okay. I will do that. Make an attack roll. 24. That hits. Uh, four on the attack.
0: It doesn't seem like it does any damage to the filament, uh, but make a knowledge nature roll for me.
4: Critical failure. Those don't Mm -hmm. happen
0: on skill checks. Okay, eight. All you can tell is that the nature of your weapon being like a, a piercing weapon isn't doing it to attacking this, the filament. Okay. you maybe need a different type of weapon for it.
4: Hey, uh, we probably need a, like, sword or something that can bash.
0: Here's like, a club,
4: a, a slicing weapon, I imagine.
0: Good instincts.
4: We... Rapier is a piercing weapon. Yeah, I, I figured that's different, yeah.
1: Greg's turn. Well, uh, I'm gonna try and uh, shoot that one that's right in front of this dragon. Jacques away. Give him two arrows. I I am going to be using Deadly Aim. Well, does a 20 hit? A 20 does hit. I'm guessing an 11 doesn't. An 11 does
0: not. Alright.
1: Oof! Finally a good roll. That's a 8. And then I rolled rolled 8. And then with my plus 1 bow, point blank shot, and Deadly Aim, plus 4. That's 12 damage. He's still up, but he's not looking great looks like it's
0: Syrix's turn
2: cool Uh, I'm gonna move up 10 feet and I'm going to stare angrily at the crab for obvious reasons Um, and I'll hit Uh, does a 22 hit
0: yes is the mesmerist stare a mind affecting effect it is yes
3: if their intelligence I believe is less than three they can't be affected by mind altering effects Correct. Unless these crabs went to college.
2: Well, it's a, technically it's a psychic effect, which is different.
3: Oh, it's psychic, but I think it...
2: Cause it I think they literally
3: have a brain, so it should affect them, right?
2: Yeah, I think it, it affects anything that's not undead.
3: These are vermin.
2: It does affect vermin. Mesmerist OP. My mesmerist had a dragon's breath. It's so good.
0: The last sentence of hypnotic stare on the mesmerist class page is, this is a mind-affecting effect. So you hit...
2: Okay, I hit and I do but, nine damage.
0: But you don't do your additional damage. Nine damage is good, though. Did you attack the one that... I have hit the one, hit one that
2: has sh- sh- that did Jacques, because the other
3: one's too far away.
0: He is still up, but just barely. And it is his turn. So he'll back up. He'll back up five feet. And make a pole combat maneuver against Jacques. Does a twenty-one bypass your CMD? It does. Jock's pulled in the water. He said, "I moved five feet, ten feet, ten feet." Yeah, he's got pull ten.
3: Oh shit, that's good. Okay. That's a good. chill to pull right there.
0: <laughs> so the water's not super deep, Jock, but this is difficult terrain until he pulls you deeper. Um, and then the other one will waddle out of the water and attack little baby Trippstein. Um
4: thereby triggering my
0: attack of opportunity nah man that ate you a 21 hit yep 17 hit
2: you can physically hear Derek fudging the
0: dice
4: um, seven, that's what GM gets to do um just barely so let's call it no
0: so in total that's 10 points of damage
3: oh wee Uh, turn. Derek, what's the range of this thing's attack? They don't have, like, reach or anything, do they? No. Gorgug will run forward, ignite his blade, and attempt to cut the tentacles that are holding Jacques. And As he runs past his teammates, he says, Help the gnome! This one I'm saving can't swim. Uh, make attack. Fifteen. That hits. Do you need damage?
0: Yes, I need damage. Ten. The filament in between Jacques and the creature is severed. Ugh, thank you, my friend. Jacques is no longer subject to the pole combat maneuver, and, coincidentally, it is Jacques's turn.
3: Revenge, boy,
0: revenge. Fuck him up.
2: My DFO, I take a five-foot step this way, and I slash at the, the thingy.
0: So, the water is difficult terrain. Can't make a five-foot step.
2: Then I will... Um, I'll take the attack opportunity, then.
0: Neat. A 16 hit. It does. Wait, oh, yeah, a 16 hits you?
2: Dude, I don't have any dexterity. And I still have shitty uh, half plate from the beginning of the game. Four damage. I, now I rolled the attack. Yep. Does a 24 hit?
0: It does.
2: Watch me roll minimum damage again. Nope. I dealt 17 damage. <laughs>
0: I dealt. Well, uh, he had one hit point left, so he's most definitely dead. Huh. Perhaps the most deadest thing you've ever seen. So that one's dead. Truxton's turn.
4: Let me see.
3: Welcome to the underbelly, boy. Massive death. Alright, uh, yeah,
4: I'll go ahead and pick him up, flip him over, stab him through the belly. What do I gotta roll? Roll for attack. Uh, that one hits. What was it? Uh, don't worry about it. What was um, it? Uh, was a 2, so a 10 total. That misses. I, I, Thank you. I took- I also- can I take a five foot step back since I haven't taken movement? Yes, you can. I should do that. You five foot step, I think, yeah. That a boy. Greg's turn. Oh boy, well, uh,
1: there's that, uh, that little fellow there. It's time to give him two arrows of deadly aim. Does a 17 hit? A 17 hits. Does a tw- then I guess a 21 hits. A 21 definitely hits. Oh boy, here comes the damage. Big heck. Uh, 7 plus 4 for 11, and then 1 plus 4 for 5. He's
0: still up, but he got, he's got two little arrows in his skull, and he doesn't look happy. Cyrix, let's take it home. Finish it up,
2: wh- whip lady. I I slash out at the, at the crab with my whip, and I roll a 24.
0: That hits. Kill it. Kill it straight to death. I did 6 damage. Oh, that's not very good. He's dead. He's dead. Called it. Woo.
2: The only person that gets to give crabs to Truxton is me.
0: What's the water taste like? Everybody give me a perception check.
2: I think I just want uh twenty four. Eleven.
3: Fifteen for Gorgo.
0: Twenty three. Greg and Truxton realize this is not a room that the Troglodites normally go into. I realize
4: it slightly more.
0: He yes, you do. You realize it. Greg realizes that this is a room that troglodytes don't often go into. Truxton realizes this is a room that troglodytes never go into. At the bottom of the pool, you see two skeletons that roughly we get uh, the hint. that look like troglodyte skeletons. If you pull the skeletons out of the water, you find Amen. a wand of mage armor.
1: Perfect
0: that has 28 charges on it, that is made of steel and decorated with engravings of helms and breastplates. Wonderful. On, on one of the skeletons you find at the bottom of the water, you find a belt of incredible dexterity,
3: plus two.
2: Nice. Perfect for me. I need AC.
3: No, I need the belt. I'm taking the belt. The belt. Can we have a conversation real fast about how Mage Armor works in Pathfinder versus 3.5? It's a plus four. So it it's actually... A... It actually works a, like you can have other armor on? No, you no. cannot. Okay, there we go. It's an armor
0: bonus, but if you're not wearing armor or your armor is less than four, it counts as a plus four.
3: So we can't... Uh, nobody Jacques, here can really...
2: Jacques holds the belt above uh, Trexton's head. Well, then you're holding me above head your head
3: because
4: the belt is already on me.
2: <laughs> no, I think... I, like I already belt, said but... that. I said
4: the belt's on. I said, I said it first. So you're holding it above me. No, I already said that. You can go back. Well, then I'm
0: holding it above trexton What has worked for me in the past when people have arguments over who should get a magical item? <laughs> That's not Just fair. Walk. Fight for it. No, it clearly should go to Trexton.
2: Rock, he...
4: paper, scissors.
2: All right, let's do this. Greg uses decks too. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for rock. What are you gonna go? for, uh, Hold
4: on, we're doing we're rolling a d3.
2: No, 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 no. I'm going for rock. What do you go for, Truxton?
0: Roll a ah, d20 and see who nice. gets the
4: best result. No, we're rolling 1d3. One, one is rock, two is paper, three is scissors. All right, ready? Yep, go.
0: Oh dang,
1: I lost.
3: Ah. Oh shit. I get the belt. As as Gorgug watches nice the man. Frenchman in the gnome play rock, paper, scissors, he casts a looking glance over to Greg. All right, well, Gavin, I guess you get the belt. And you give Sirix the old up and down. The old up and down.
2: Like what you see half for? This belt is absolutely worthless to me. I only grabbed it because I knew it was perfect for you.
4: Oh, well, I, I appreciate a good troll, so.
2: Hey, hey, we got a lot of them in this cave.
4: <laughs> Let's hope not.
0: You think you're all good, or do you want to rest for the night?
3: Or We're going to rest in this cave? With the with, oh, with, no. with, with tentacle muscles?
2: Have... I got Actually, spells for days and healing for days.
4: Truxton is currently hotboxing. Okay, so you said
2: you didn't have weed. No, I said, said I
4: didn't have weed, weed for you.
2: Exactly, my nose. You plan. said we were friends.
0: So in this room, there is a path to the south, and a path to the east.
2: Is there anything to the west?
0: There is nothing, in fact, to the west.
2: I'm all down for going south. Winking. I do like uh-huh. to go down. Play go. I lead. All right, what's up? Okay.
1: This is why the gods will never help us.
2: Shannon loves me plenty. Every day we
1: stray further from
2: God's life.
0: So you enter the southern chamber. Who's, who's leading the pack? I am. I have the most HP. As you enter, you see three troglodytes. Two much like the ones you've seen in the past and one who looks much more regal. Robes and a magical wand. Ah! Finally. Jacques, I get
2: to kill.
0: Make a will save.
2: Will alright, I'm rolling a two. Get ready. i have rolled a nine?
0: Are you mean to fear yet? Yes. So, Jacques, a spell hits you dead in the chest, and it doesn't affect you even though you realize it probably should. But at the very moment, Your mind is transported back to just a couple of weeks ago. It's the night that you defeated Kirgi and the wolf and the two hot goblins on the bridge of Feandar. You've just talked to Grogu about searching for your son. You've been walking a couple hours along the River Meredith and you eventually find a spot where the river while it's still continuing westward also a tiny little path that goes northward you follow that and you find a small shallow pool that more or less turns into a hot spring you decide this is as good a spot as any to rest for the night and maybe out of the sense of needing some comfort or maybe out of a sense of needing to clean the blood off of your armor or your skin. You spend a couple minutes in the in the hot spring. Ah. You, you close your eyes and just begin to relax for a couple minutes. And then you open them and you realize you're sitting in a pool of blood. Oh, oh no, shit. I stopped getting these a while ago. Do you do anything? I detect evil.
4: Oh, I thought that was going to be a cool find out what happens next week deal. There's evil about. Where's my
0: grief? Your glaive is sitting with your other stuff right at the edge of the pool. I run and grab my glaive and stand up. As your hand touches your glaive, you wake up. You're laying next to the hot spring.
2: Oh.
0: It was just a dream. It's morning.
2: I guess I can take you on and sit for my son. Lucien, boy!
0: Jacques continues to walk along the river Meredith. But the camera hangs over the pool, materializing within the water. A young man begins to appear. Maybe an adult, but no older than 16 or 17 years old. Scars fill his face and around <coughs> his neck is a holy symbol of the god zon Kutan, The god of torture and pain. He looks forward and his face begins to fill with anger and disgust. You see his lips gently mouth the word father. And Jock, you go unconscious. And that's the end of our broadcast week.
3: Oh shit. Uh, ah! By the way, I rolled the twenty-one of my knowledge history for uh for uh, these little scaly boys. What do I learn about triplets? They're very spooky they ugly. They're good kids though.
2: They're trying to make me scared. Hell no. I ain't scared of shit.
3: Your son's a death priest, bitch.
1: Give Shut up. <laughs> give
2: <laughs> me your fucking money. We're
3: going to have to kill your son, boy.
2: Yeah, over my dead body.
3: No, his. Yeah, I'll kill particular.
2: yours too. You Are you kidding me? You thought Edrin was bad. Just you wait.
3: You're a paladin, man. You gotta make that Sophie's choice.
2: mm mm-hmm. And I choose not to. Oh no. I will forsake my paladin, ability we